the whole Steven Crowder Daily Wire thing has just gone and become a complete clusterfuck. Plus, we're going to talk about what's going on in the country you may not have heard of in the SITREP, and this week in American history, an interesting mix of sports news and race riot throwbacks. This week on Commentary. Good moment, America. How are you? This is Commentary, your voice in the wilderness. My name is Terry, it's in the title, and I'm an ordinary American looking at our extraordinary nation. America, I wouldn't normally start off with this type of monologue, and I know this is one that's going to piss off a lot of my listeners, but frankly, with everything going on in the world as it pertains to the attack on men and masculinity, I feel this is kind of important. So this will not likely be my most popular or well-received monologue. I know this may be what they call a hot take, but it needs to be said, and as a man who is dedicated to men's rights, I feel a compulsion to say this at this point. In January 2023, Stephen Crowder was offered a contract with the Daily Wire, a contract he refused based upon what he called quote-unquote immoral terms in that contract. Those terms reportedly included a clause stating that Crowder would lose money if his show lost sponsorships or viewers. Now, I cannot pretend to know anything about how these types of contracts work. I've never worked under a contract, and I've never employed anyone under a contract. But Crowder responded to the controversy with an episode of his show, where he gave his side of the story and played an immorally recorded phone call with Daily Wire co-founder Jeremy Boring. I do not condone recording a phone call under any circumstances. Let me make that clear. Crowder claimed that the Daily Wire was enabling big tech. Honestly, this kind of contract provision does seem to handcuff the person who's signing the contract. On a platform such as YouTube, one that demonetizes and shadow bans people seemingly at will, it seems he had every right to be concerned. These platforms have no qualms about stripping creators of followers and sponsorships at the drop of a hat, often with no explanation of the supposed violation. This leaves the creator at the mercy of these platforms and eliminates any control they may have over the production of their show. It happened to me, and that's the direct reason I left YouTube and moved on to Odyssey, Rumble, BitChute, and now Realster. Now, I expect and admire the Daily Wire, Now, I respect and admire the Daily Wire, but I kind of feel like they were hurt by Crowder's rejection of the contract and his decision to bet on himself. I mean, the Daily Wire, with Ben Shapiro and Jeremy Boring, they built their own media empire. Maybe Steven Crowder's trying to do the same thing? But now Candace Owens has allowed Crowder's soon-to-be ex-wife to tell her side of the story using Daily Wire's massive reach. A recently released ring camera video has surfaced of a quote-unquote altercation between Crowder and his then-pregnant wife, Hillary. Now, I've seen the video several times, and several key points have stuck out to me. Number one, there are clear signs of the video being edited. 
I have worked with several types of security cameras, ring cameras included, and there are glitches and little jumps in the video and lack of synchronization between the audio and the video that lead me to believe that there is, in fact, some editing going on. Number two, Mrs. Crowder appears to, several times, look up at the camera, ostensibly to make sure that it is still recording. Number three, despite the claims to the contrary, on a Substack page that I will not name on this show right now, Crowder never uses the phrase, I will fuck you up, in the frame of the video. Now, yes, in the video, Crowder does seem to get angry with his wife, but not until she has called his behavior quote-unquote abusive. And this is where, for me, the tide turns. Any male in 2023 who has a woman use the word abusive toward him knows what's next. The court of public opinion has already deemed him guilty based upon the haphazard and intentional use of that single word abuse. As to Candace Owens' claim that enough people have called Stephen Crowder a monster to justify the unfounded belief in Hillary's claims, I ask Miss Owens this question. What about the thousands that have said the same thing about Ben Shapiro, Matt Walsh, Michael Knowles, Jordan Peterson, or even Candace Owens herself? This entire debacle feels as though it's a campaign to not only attack Steven Crowder, but to tacitly reinforce the blatant lie that all violence in relationships, be it physical or mental, is perpetuated by the male. I expect better from Miss Owens and the Daily Wire at large. Honestly, I am disappointed as a man in this country, and I am hurt as a now former subscriber to the Daily Wire. America, I had to get that off my chest because, honestly, I feel like it's becoming closer and closer to being illegal to be a heterosexual male in this country. And the very fact that this, his wife's side of the story, and make no mistake, if it turns out that Steven Crowder is actually the piece of shit that he's being made out to be, I will be the first one to come on air and say, I was, I defended him. I'm not going to say I was wrong to defend him because he is due the same due process. He is due the same benefit of the doubt that any other person in this country is due. If his wife, or now ex-wife, I guess, is due the benefit of the doubt, why is Steven Crowder himself not? But if it turns out that he is in fact this ginormous piece of shit, I will be the first one to come on this show and call him a ginormous piece of shit. That's the way this works. People get due process not only in the court of law, but they need to be given due process in the court of public opinion. But thanks to the prolifer prolif But thanks to the proliferation of big tech and social media, there is no such thing anymore as the benefit of the doubt in the court of public opinion. This is why I say all the time, America, that the opinion that anybody has of me means fuck all to me. And it should mean fuck all to you, not what people's opinion of me are, but what people's opinion of you are. You can't let these big tech socialists, these social media, these social media megalomaniacs determine 
the way you view yourself or the world. And you can never allow them to control your narrative. Steven Crowder, whether he is the piece of human garbage that they claim he is or not, has taken one solid step that I am 100% behind him on. And that is that he is standing up. He has said he is going to release his wife's mental health records. He is going to release all the information that you could possibly want for his side of the story. He is standing up and instead of cowering in the corner like these cancel culture victim bitches that we've seen over the past 10 years, he's standing up and fighting back. So no matter what the truth ends up being, Steven Crowder gets respect from me for standing up. That's the most important thing that, that we can all do, and especially as men in this country, America. All right, let me give you a little bit of a personal update. The commentary show is moving to a new bunker very soon, and this is a new physical bunker. My lovely fiance and I have been home shopping for actually not as long as it takes the average person to home shop, and we have found a place. And one of the very first things that I ensured that it had was a man cave slash studio slash bunker that will be the new home for commentary and all of the 1975 productions content. And hopefully we can actually use this new space to get some more of the video content back on the air. Commentary remains, as of this point, an audio-only program because I just love doing the audio. The, the audio is so much more fun than doing the video. I've said that a thousand times over. I'll say it a thousand times more before I'm done. So that's going on. And of course, here in southeastern Pennsylvania, it has been raining for probably two days solid. Nothing severely heavy, but it's enough of an annoyance that our local streams are really high, a lot higher than I would like. And of course, the rain is supposed to subside sometime tomorrow into Monday, which means no fly fishing for Terry this weekend. And on that note, I thought I would share this little thing. I uh, and I'll, I will probably end up putting a picture of it up on the website on terrywilkerson.com. I did try tying my first parachute Adams on a size 8 hook. I forgot to wrap the hackle around the post. So it does have a post, but it doesn't have the hackle wrap. And it looks a little bit odd. It's only the second fly I've ever tied. But man, was that enjoyable. And I did do a video of it that eventually I'll do some type of cut for for, um, for distribution purposes down the road. Because I'm sure somebody out there would find it interesting to find an, an idiot who doesn't know how to set up proper camera shots, but can handle a microphone. I'll tell you that right now. Try and make a a parachute Adams without actually finishing the job and adding the hackle wrap around the post. So I can't go fishing this weekend. Uh, and of course, there's going to be a lot of hectic activity going on with moving into the new home. We're excited. We really are. And uh, I wanted to take an opportunity to thank everybody who was involved and helped us 
get everything together to get this new house. So we will keep everybody posted and I will try to have a very special episode for the first one in the new bunker. We're still going to call it the bunker, but it'll be a new bunker. Water break. That's one thing I failed to do today. I've been running around a lot and have not consumed my normal amount of water. I generally consume about a gallon a day. They, they, you know, whoever they are, the health experts, if you will, recommend essentially three liters per day. I have a tendency to want to keep it closer to a minimum of a gallon just because I know my own body. I know my own history. All right. Let's see what's going on in the United States of America as we speak. Well, first of all, if you've, I'm sure you have heard about this unfortunate shooting in Kansas City. This young boy, Ralph Yarl, knocked on the wrong door and he was shot by an 84-year-old man by the name of Andrew Lester. And this is, uh, it's a tragedy. You know, nobody, nobody's going to look at this and say, oh, well, this young boy deserved it. it. It's a tragedy no matter what. But what I need to bring up here, and this is one of those things you may not have heard of because it's not been really covered. It, there was an interview on CNN, which, by the way, bye-bye-bye, Don Lemon. Bye-bye-bye-bye, bye-bye-bye, bye-bye, Don Lemon. Tucker Carlson also gone from Fox News. If you haven't heard, and if you haven't heard, you must be living under a rock. Because I don't even pay attention to Fox News, and I heard all about it. But there was an interview on CNN where Clint Ludwig, who is the grandson of Andrew Lester, said his grandfather had, quote, conservative views and racist tendencies. The the part that bothers me And the part that should bother anybody who heard it was, this is a standard Christian white man. That is the comment that Kurt Ludwig made. Excuse me? A standard Christian white man, which apparently in 2023 automatically means gun-toting racist. I am... As I've said a thousand times, I am Christian. I am not a Christian. And I'm certainly a white man. And I certainly have, well, I say white man. I I am a man, but I don't really consider myself white because I do have a fairly mixed heritage. And people who know me will hear me at least three times a day say, fuck white people. But this is the attack. This is the attack now. We are going to attack any male with anything remotely resembling conservative tendencies and they're automatically going to be considered a violent racist. Where have we heard this before? I don't know. About a mile away from my office building when Joe Beijing recreated the throne room from the Death Star and told the entire world that 50% of the country were extreme right-wing conservative terrorists? I mean, if the so-called commander-in-chief can get away with using such verbiage toward half the country, no wonder this is all turning into a shit show. All right, America, it is time for your sit rep. 
Here's what's going on in states that you may or may not have heard about. We're going to start out in the state of Montana, where Republican Governor Greg Gianforte signed a bill to ban gender-affirming medical care for young, quote-unquote, transgender people. I use quote-unquote because young people don't fucking understand what transgender is. Montana is now one of 15 states with laws to ban such a procedure. And I'm reading here from Microsoft News. Why? Because I couldn't find the original iteration of this story that I had. Despite, quote-unquote, protests from the families of transgender youth that the care is essential. No families of, quote-unquote, transgender youth. Your care is essential. Raising your children properly is your essential. Teaching your children that just because some fairy tale fucking godmother who's on CNN or MSNBC or Microsoft News tells them that you should look into the fact that you might actually be of another gender or no gender at all. Making sure that doesn't happen, that is proper and essential care. This shit needs to stop. And Montana is now the 15th state. Now, I'm no math major, but there are 50 states, and this puts us a little over a quarter of the way to every state having some type of law, and I don't think there's going to be a full national referendum on this. Certainly, there can never be a national law. We can't let this go to Congress or SCOTUS. This cannot be a federal thing. This has to be like all laws. It must be held on a state level. So congratulations to Montana and the other 15 states that have had the courage to tell these trans activist wackadoos, and quite frankly, I'll use the term terrorists, no thank you, we don't need this. Thanks to the efforts of the Gun Owners of America and their legislative team, an Illinois law making high-capacity magazines and quote-unquote assault weapons illegal has received a preliminary injunction. Judge Stephen P. McGlynn of the Southeastern District of Illinois said the law called the Protect Illinois Community Act, or PICA. See, I told you guys it took me years to stop saying Illinois, and I still do it on occasion. But that the act is likely to be found unconstitutional when the case goes to trial, and the plaintiffs in the consolidated cases will suffer harms without a preliminary injunction to block its enforcement. So we finally have one state saying that the governor cannot just randomly block and ban any type of firearm he sees fit because it is unconstitutional. Look, I am a believer in states' rights. I am a believer in the fact that every state should have its sovereignty to create any right that does not interfere with the Second Amendment. But the most important thing there is it cannot interfere with the Second Amendment, or for that matter, any amendment. I say second because that's what we're talking about. But in the end, we cannot allow these states to create laws that interfere with the Constitution or attempt to override the Constitution, which is why abortion is a states' rights issue, which is why 2A and gun control are states' rights issues, which is why the um, educational process is a states' rights issue and should actually go a lot further down the scale. It should actually be taken down to a local rights issue. 
This is a great example. And now we have a judge who has told J.B. Pritzker over there in Illinois, no, you can't just magically decide to, to go to your cronies in your state Congress, your state House, and, uh, and come up with this bill that completely violates our constitutional rights. No. And it's, it's a good sign. It really is. Because there's so much more at stake than just a fucking AR-15. For those of you out there who say, well, you, you guys are just fighting over an assault weapon. You just you, you want people to be able to have an assault weapon to kill little kids. Get the fuck out of this conversation. This is not a conversation for people who, A, don't know dick about guns, or B, honestly think this is about somebody's life. You know what gun control is about? It's about people control, controlling the possibility of an uprising, because let's be frank, if there is another uprising, Joe Beijing has made it very clear. The exalted high, how the exalted high house plant, the puppet in charge, has made it clear that if there is an uprising, oh, what is your AR-15 going to do against an Apache helicopter? It's not about the helicopter, you dumb fuck. It's about what they can do to that agent who's kicking down your front door because you used the wrong pronoun. Good job to this judge in Illinois. It's good to see, finally. Now, obviously, since this is a audio episode, you can't see it, but um, my co-host, Norma Jean the Cat, is sleeping quietly here. She is uh, laying on the floor right next to me. Adorable little girl. Love this cat to death. It's going to be so nice to be able to uh, give her a new place to just find places to crawl in and, and fall asleep anytime she wants. All right, America, it's time for your favorite segment and mine. Well, the whole damn show is my favorite this week in American history. All right, we're going to spread this out a little bit in terms of years. First of all, April 30th, 1789, George Washington becomes the first United States president after being administered the oath of office on the balcony of the Federal Hall at the corner of Wall and Broad Streets in New York City. Our first president sworn in April 30th, 1789. Let's go to April 30th, 1967. Boxer Muhammad Ali, the greatest of all time. This is not an argument. This is not a debate. You can throw Lennox Lewis at me. You can throw Vitaly Klitschko. You can throw Mike Tyson at me. You can throw George Foreman. And I'm a big George Foreman fan. You can throw Joe Frazier at me. Jersey Joe Walcott, whoever you want. Muhammad Ali is the greatest fucking boxer that ever lived. This is not an argument. Muhammad Ali was stripped of the World Heavyweight Boxing Championship after refusing to be inducted into the American military by claiming religious exemption. I think it's an honor and a privilege to serve in the United States military, but military conscription is not acceptable. That's what they tried to do. And at this point in the Vietnam War, they called his number, and he called their bluff. And he won. And... Uh, I, for one, applaud him on that particular one. All right, we're going to bounce around again. April 29th, 2018. The Simpsons. Here's its 636th episode. Surpass- surpassing Gunsmoke to become the longest-running scripted primetime show in the United States. All right, and finally, April 29th. 1992, another thing that I was watching live and in living color. Riots erupted in Los Angeles in response to the verdict of a highly 
Riots erupted in Los Angeles in response to the verdict of a highly publicized trial of four white Los Angeles police officers who were acquitted of charges related to the 1991 beating of Rodney King, a black motorist who had been pulled over, resisted arrest, and was mercilessly beaten while the whole thing was filmed by a guy who just happened to show up and be there with a camera. This has always been a quirky trial. It's always been a quirky situation. I mean, obviously, we don't have... um, We don't have a lot of our early memes without the O.J. Simpson trial. And the white Bronco wouldn't mean what it does today. But I remember these riots. I remember very specifically because I was in high school and we were in the uh, changing room, the locker room, the gym. And I remember a couple of guys from the football team, black and white. Let me make that clear. Both saying the same thing that... If And I remember one particular player saying, you know, if they bring that shit here, we will fight back. The general consensus at that point from a bunch of fucking 15 and 16 year olds was that these riots were for no other reason than to cause violence and chaos, destroy and steal. It had absolutely nothing to do with justice much like the 2020 so-called George Floyd riots. It just, it was a load of shit. I remember it like it was yesterday. All right, America, we have a problem. And it's called the work-life balance. How the fuck is work-life balance a problem, you may wonder. Well, work-life balance is not a problem, but this idea that somehow people are entitled to work-life balance That's the fucking problem. See, when you tell me work-life balance, my first thought is, well, of course, when you're at home, you're at home. When you're at work, you're at work. That's balanced. Work-life balance is when you're at work, you work your ass off, and when you're at home, you get to enjoy being at home. You don't answer fucking emails or phone calls. You don't work during your home time, and you don't laze off during your work time. That's actual work-life balance. But no, now it's, Well, people need to get more yoga breaks. People need to get more water breaks. People need to have this. They need to have swimming pools and pool tables and and bars at Twitter and and fucking Boba Yoba Yoda Fett tea, whatever the fuck that shit is, available at all times. And there needs to be a quiet room and relaxation. And, you know, oh, I need to meditate at my desk before I read this email. That's not work-life balance. That's being fucking lazy, and that's being an absolutely worthless employee. But oh my god, if you say that, holy shit, you know you're you're just being you're being cruel, and you're 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 taking away my rights. Shut the fuck up, just shut the fuck up. Go back to work. There's your work life balance. Why don't you balance your ass back to your desk, or balance your ass back to that grill? Shut the fuck up and go to work. And then when you get home, forget your fucking job exists. I do it every night. It's not that difficult, and I'm an idiot. All right, America, we are going to finish off with some wisdom from the Duke himself, John Wayne. We are reading from John Wayne Grit, Daily Inspiration and Frontier Wisdom for Men. Sometimes, sorry does get it done. Don't be afraid to admit your mistakes. Everybody makes them. John Wayne, in a letter to his son Michael. While sticking by your decisions, right or wrong, may make sense for a commanding officer. Most of us have to live with our mistakes, and that means atoning for them. An apology is the first step on the path 
to earning forgiveness. It may not undo the hurt you've caused, but it will at least acknowledge the person's feelings as valid and let them know you realize you were wrong. It is not a sign of weakness at all, Pilgrim. It takes a real man to admit when he's wrong. Only a coward runs from his mistakes. As always, the Duke himself puts it best. By the way, America, as we wrap ourselves up here, I want to take a moment to memorialize the former mayor of Cincinnati, a great journalist, and at one point a, a fantastic talk show host until it became basically the uh, prototypical daytime trash show. Jerry Springer passed away this week at the age of 79. He will be sorely missed. He was a true influence in in localized media. He was a true influence in daytime talk. And, of course, he was a pioneer along with WWE. He was a big part of, um, of uh, the sensationalizing, I should say, of WWE in the Attitude Era. Even into from the beginning of the New Generation Era into the Attitude Era. But um, despite the fact that his politics and my politics mix like oil and water, he seemed like a very nice and genuine person, and he truly was dedicated to his craft. So rest in peace, Jerry Springer. You will be sorely missed. All right, that is all for this episode, America. Thank you for joining me. And until next time, please remember, your rights are absolute, eternal, and individual. The moment we allow the government to abridge a right, that right becomes a privilege, and a privilege can be taken away. Hold your elected representatives accountable at all times. Watch the government closely. Do not trust the media and do your own research. And above all, remember that our past is what laid the foundation for today. Be that history right or wrong, erasing it will only lead to a repeat of the evil that we have done. But knowing the truth about yesterday and the truth about today will guide us to the promise that only America can offer. Until next time, have a great.